0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting in the offices of Harper Collins Leadership. Actually in the storied Thomas Nelson building. Thomas Nelson became part of Harper Collins uh, Christian. But inside HarperCollins, we're using the they are using the offices here. They're doing a basically a startup. So a publishing startup inside of HarperCollins. Just six months old, called HarperCollins Leadership. And um, it is it's a pretty neat team. So I am sitting here with publisher, HarperCollins, leadership, Jeff James. And then I'm also sitting here with the acquisitions editor, Tim uh, Burgard. I've actually never asked you how to pronounce your last (laughs) name. It's Um, Burgard. Burgard. Sorry. Tim is a, this is a a neat relationship aside from the fact that it's a startup. Because uh, Tim was actually the acquisitions editor that I worked with uh, in Matthew Pollard's uh, book, The Introvert's Edge whenever Tim was at Amacom. So uh, we worked with a great agent, uh, Cindy Zygmunt. She was on a, an episode in season one. And uh, Cindy brought us to Amacom. And then uh, earlier this year, uh, Amacom was acquired by HarperCollins' leadership. So everything is new. All fresh, always changing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's life. So why don't I give y'all uh, a couple of minutes to tell us about What's HarperCollins leadership? Why are we doing a startup inside of HarperCollins, one of the big five? Sure. Hi. Thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so HarperCollins leadership, our, our startup vision, if you will, is to help activate the leadership potential that we believe is inherent in everyone. And we, we have a little bit of a, of a connection to the old, old uh, world of Thomas Nelson, as you mentioned, because Thomas Nelson was the publisher of John Maxwell, who's sort of the godfather right, yeah. of leadership content these days, sold over 30 million books. He, he's in our it's back. 30 million. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. So for those people that recognize John Maxwell, he's rated as one of the, you know, the top, if usually the top leadership guru, if you will, out there. And so with that as a base, it made a lot of sense for us uh, to consider, well, how do we just take that as a, jumping off point and just go ahead and develop a specific leadership imprint. And so with that, with a lot of, you know, Maxwell backlist, and then also we decided to uh, look out into the marketplace and see what other valuable content was out there. And it turns out that we were able to acquire Amacom, which was the publishing unit of the American Management Association, just a really great legacy of very practical sort of how-to business and leadership content. And so we combined that and we've created something that is, you know, we think is going to be very exciting because our, our vision for it is to help activate the leadership potential. You're going to have to get more than just the book. The book is a great core content source. But in these days, uh, people are like, how do I apply that content in a really practical way every day? Like how do I not just read it, but actually you know, absorb it and, and live it out? And so our focus there is is to really make a broad array of content uh, available, everything from e-courses to digital tools that are associated with the book, but make it a little more activated when you're in your day-to-day job. We noticed that in the marketplace, yes, there are great publishers of leadership and business content, Mm -hmm. but more and more we're realizing that the, the stickiness of leadership training is is not great. You know, the, the research shows that people only retain and apply about 10% of what they get trained on. It's a horrible return on investment. And so we also look at this from a broader perspective of, we're not just publishing books here. We're producing leadership development solutions. And if we're going to do that, it has to be more than books. It has to be things like downloadable tools that help you apply the concepts in your day-to-day life. And we're also going to be doing a vast uh, library of e-courses based on the books. So the book is the core content, but we want that content accessible in many, many digital ways so that people can actually apply. So, you know, uh, so for specifically for HarperCollins leadership, you're looking at yourself as more than, than just a platform. It sounds like you're, excuse me, more than just a publisher. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're thinking of, of HarperCollins HCL as a, as a leadership. Platform. I think that's a great way to look at it, and you'll see things that come out of our group, particularly on the digital side, that you wouldn't typically think of from a a traditional book publisher. Right. And, you know, not surprisingly, that's actually attracted a lot of authors to us because they have a bigger vision for themselves as well. They say, you know, I don't want to just produce a book, I want to produce, you know, sort of career changing, life changing content. Yeah. And that's how we want to partner with them. So, Tim, how many years have you been in, in, in publishing? Well, almost twenty, maybe a little over twenty years now. Yeah, wow! Yeah. So, so let's talk about let's, in the second part. Let's talk about what what acquisitions looks like for HarperCollins leadership in that context of not looking for just a book, but for a much wider ecosystem part of the platform. But before that, contrast your and I would never ask you to you know, speak heel of your previous experience. But just contrast, what did it look like working in more traditional publishers? And even MCom was kind of unique because it was a for-profit publisher that was the printing arm of a nonprofit, uh, the American Management Association. Right. So contrast, contrast that in those past 20 years we're now working at is essentially a start Yeah. Now, this has been a great experience. We're about six months in, and it's a nice... I look at it as like a hybrid almost because we have this kind of dedicated group at HarperCollins leadership that we can be pretty agile. We can, we can work with authors and collaborate, uh, one on one, uh, in ways that it's difficult if you're just a part of a huge machine, you know, but we have the benefits of being a subgroup within this kind of well, really huge publishing uh, yeah. machine. That's right. So, so we get the benefit of the machine. We get the large sales force. We get the distribution internationally. All the translation, you know, we just have this great uh, way to maximize these, you know, the sales and, and potential and all different kinds of ways of audio and, you know, different mediums and languages and all that, which is fantastic, you know, but we can also still, you know, have a, a nice relationship with our authors where we're regularly communicating where, where we can kind of try to maximize their, their speaking and other events that they've got going on and try to help snowball some of that stuff as well. So it's a nice, nice combo. That's a very different uh, approach than traditional publishing. So traditional publishing is essentially a commodity business. You want to sell as, as many books as you can. But you approach is is a bit more uh, selective. You're looking for authors who kind of have uh, that much broader platform. They, they, have a, they either have or they have a vision for a whole ecosystem of, of tools and, and ideas. Right. A book is a big piece of that, but it's just one piece of that. Yeah, and it's been very fascinating as we've sort of let our value proposition get out there in the market through agents and other sources that it's actually attracting phenomenal authors to that vision because they know they don't want to just have a book and it sits on the shelf and doesn't really have the impact that they envisioned it having. But when they hear our broader vision of how they can truly affect people's careers, or lives, uh, they get pretty excited. And so we've, we've been you know, uh, very pleased with the response of authors since we started. Yeah, and it's uh, you're just six six months old. Is that yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, this is uh, exciting exciting time. I mean, when publishing, you, you don't usually use the word exciting. Um, yeah, that's that's not a, it's a pretty late but industry. But yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that's another reason that our New York parent company, Harper Collins, wanted us to stay here in Nashville and start this. It's a very entrepreneurial environment here in Nashville, uh the city, as well as yeah. the, this particular division. On the faith-based side, we, we pioneered a huge direct-to-consumer platform. Over 5 million people every month visit web properties, email lists. And you just don't see that in, in normal publishers, but they've very much kept the very standard model of yeah. sell-through bookstores, sell-through Amazon, which we, of course, do. But we feel like it's really important that we have a direct connection to those readers, so that we can deliver them those extra tools, that extra value, and and that's unique. But coming back to the the, the authors and the you know the kind of, of authors that have been attracted to, to HarperCollins, Tim, let's let's walk through what what that looks like for, for HarperCollins. Who are the best uh, kinds of of uh, fib? What y'all are looking for, and then if somebody says that HarperCollins is the uh, sounds like a home for them. What does it look like to become part of HCL's family? Sure. Yeah, basically, with the acquisition of Amicom, which, as Jeff said, was the kind of bread and butter business books across, you know, the range, the full range of business categories. In addition, they had a couple of other areas, but primarily business. So HarperCollins' leadership is continuing that Amicom brand, and we're going to continue to publish those, those same bread and butter books. Oh, wait, wait. So Harper leadership is a startup, and the startup itself already has an imprint. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not to be confusing. Yeah. There's a the Harper leadership brand will actually be on on the spine of all of the books, but we will keep the Amacom branding for the Amacom level books on the on the back cover of the book, so that we can continue that because it is a very kind of highly regarded, you know, respected. Yeah. Brand. I mean, the American Management Association yeah. is an incredible nonprofit, and Amacom has put out a, a it's great time yeah. yeah, so we want to continue to do those types of books. We look for those for the Amicom kind of type of book. we're looking for authors that have a kind of a reputation of being a thought leader in their space, yeah, mm-hmm. you know a lot of those a lot of the Amacom titles are you know they're in a category, so they're in sales even uh, niche topics like supply chain or project management. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate, you know, whatever it is. So the author that we would find attractive in that space would have, the first thing would be a compelling message, you know, at, at, at kind of a pain point that they're solving that is either something, maybe a new development that's happened in the industry that people are going kind to of struggle to understand or implement, uh, <laughs> or it could be that they've had great success with a process that they've been training or teaching on their own that they want to Get out to a broader marketplace because it's really been effective and people could really help people in, in that space. So, something that we see as going to be highly valuable to those target readers in terms of they're going to immediately kind of get the value of it and be attracted to learning that so that they can do their job better and be more successful. That's kind of the messaging side, of what we'd like to see. And then from the author themselves, depending on the space they're in, we just want them to be kind of a known quantity that you'd be speaking or. Have maybe a contributor to a large magazine in that space, you know, where they're known and people look to them for guidance and expertise. And that gives us a much better chance of obviously getting that, that message of their book to that target market. So those are the main things that we look for. So would you say that, that for, and you were talking in, in the context of, of Amazon. So let me, let me back up in the question behind the question. So one of the, the big, you know, problems that authors have is that, um, you know, publishers usually want some kind of a platform. You know, try the people that they're already talking to and that's selling to, to to set them up with with a book. But then there's plenty of authors who say, "Well, I need to have a book in order to establish my platform." So it's this chicken or, or egg problem. And you're saying that they don't necessarily have to have a million followers on, on Twitter, and they don't already have to have a you know a, a group of people that they're already selling to, as long as 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 they're they're basically a big fish in a small pond, a recognized thought leader in a specific niche, they have influence, they already have a reputation. So then a book is just a natural extension of what they're already doing in this space. Uh, what are we looking for is, it can be discouraging for an author who doesn't have 100,000 followers. Man, the chicken or egg Yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, how do I get there? What I would recommend for people to think about, here's a good example. We have a a book that has become kind of the go-to book in its category. It's called The First-Time Manager. Okay. And why? I think we're on what, our seventh or eighth edition of that thing. Yeah, that just came out. And yeah. that, that was yeah. an Amazon book, right, that came uh, with that purchase. But the reason why I think that has done so well is it found a specific problem and provided a solution for it. Yeah. What happens when you're, you've never been a manager and now you are? Well, millions of people go through that. In their careers, right? But there was really no sort of standard content for that, and so I would encourage writers to think about what's what. What are some of those scenarios in your niche? You know, there's a lot of stuff already written about how to start a business and how to do you know broad things, but when you start getting into a specific, almost like a career life stage or a business life stage problem that everybody goes through, but no one's really written about it. Even if you don't have a big platform, we're going to be interested in that because that solves the problem. It has a market. Yeah. And now it's just how to get it out there for so, sale. Yeah. Just the title alone. I mean, you it could has established itself as kind of the resource. Yeah. Uh, I think we've yeah. sold 300 some thousand copies yeah. of that, cool. which is yeah. really great. You know, Paul Falcone is a, a really big name in the human resources space and, and uh-huh. he's got books most of his books are like a large number of, of uh, specific kind of uh, like there's 101 great interview questions or 2600 sample performance review phrases, you know. Like, uh, but again, it's very practical content. People can go to it like a, as a resource and pull what they need, yeah, quickly. Uh, so those, you know, anything that's going to give that kind of value and, and can kind of establish self, establish itself over time as kind of the resource for that problem. Can be a great product, it can sell for years and years and you know, really be just a you know, really successful title for us. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be something that sells everything the first year and falls off. So, tell me about what it looks like for, for HarperCollins Leadership to go from I have an idea, I think HarperCollins Leadership would be the perfect fit for what I'm doing, or even specifically Amacom, to actually publishing with, with y'all. Do you, do they should they have a, an agent? Should they um, try to put a proposal together them themselves? Should they? You know, what's what's the process look like for HarperCollins leadership? We generally prefer agent submissions. We do have a great backlist of Anacom authors uh, with, that have kind of established themselves in the space, and we've we've kind of got relationships with those authors. So right. we, they, we accept you know if they have a proposal, they can come and direct to us, and we'll have to look at those. But the benefit, especially if you're a first-time author, of going through an agent is, I think, really big because you don't know what you don't know, and it's a whole world here in publishing that's it hard to navigate was, if you've never been. Yeah, yeah, it's not logical in a lot of ways. We have to processing. and so you have to, you know, to really have someone that can give you a little lay of the land is really important. You know? So if you if you've got a really good idea and you feel like you're building something up and you you really see this kind of growth pattern for yourself in a book would really help solidify yourself as like a thought leader in your space. I would say to go ahead and talk to an agent, you know, find an agent that has had some success in kind of the space that you're writing in, you know, and, and then work with that agent because they can do things like own the proposal, Mm -hmm. uh, really focus your idea and really, really make maximum impact of kind of what you're bringing to the table. So you you might not realize some of the things you're doing will really turn a publisher's head and make sure that you're emphasizing those things that really make it you know, kind of a publishing decision easier you know, for the publisher. And they can have a big impact on getting the book signed. And then once the book is signed, the agent will stay involved. The relationship at that point becomes more with the author and the publisher, which would be me in this case, uh, where we start talking about timeline for getting the manuscript in and all the marketing milestones. What happens with the publication? Of that whole that whole process from there. You kind of an editor at the publishing company, right. walks you through that. But up to up to that point, Detroit having the agent is really key. Yeah, you know, you made the the joke that publishing isn't always um, logical or doesn't always you know follow reason, and that reminded me of a pretty cool thing that you were talking about earlier, uh, Jeff. Um, you were saying that y'all, I yeah, y'all, y'all prototype uh, ideas and you know, do a little uh, you know. Cut Walk us through what that looks like and underscore why that is so different than what most publishers (laughs) think. Well, you know, one thing to be aware of is I I didn't really come from the publishing world. I I was in the technology space with Microsoft for many years and and marketing consulting for for many years. And it was a little surprising to me when I came to HarperCollins um, and then with the leadership space that. For the most part, publishing has had a very intuitive approach to product development. In other words, you've got some experts like in the form of editors, and those experts have, you know, often make some great choices. But if you look at the success rate of most books, it's not very high. (laughs) Most books fail. Yeah. And so I just sort of started thinking of like, well, what kind of intelligence can we sort of filter into this process to make our batting average a little stronger? And if you're familiar with the movie Moneyball, (laughs) you know, where like, hey, you know, scouts feel like they always know what the best player looks like. Well, in fact, you can use data to make some better decisions in those scenarios. So we've uh, developed a process here at HarperCollins Leadership where we do, you know, it's it's kind of a radical thought, but we actually like to hear from the potential readers. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, if it's a concept, that we're considering, you know, we, we certainly always want to collaborate with agents and authors on what that is, but it's really valuable to get feedback from targeted readers. How many readers are there? What You know, even how you describe the concept, it makes a big, big difference, mm-hmm. as, as you can imagine. And then once we're assigned, once we have the project in place, we, we partner with those authors and agents to test titles, test covers, you know, do a lot of, you know, infusion of, of uh Strategic insights that just make the product that much better, and that has been very unique um, in the publishing world. It's just because of the business process of publishing, which is you know very deadline driven. As you can imagine, you know very traditional. You know, it's been done a certain way for many, many years. Oh, for at least at least a hundred. I mean, yeah. publishing came about um, right at the beginning of, uh, of the 19. Hundreds, yeah. And so, you know, it's, you've got all of these conventions, you, just, you know, trying to turn the Titanic around. Right, right. So we've been able, because we're nimble here right. in, in our little startup world of Nashville, we're able to do some things that, you know, some other publishers uh, have not been able to pull off. And it's just been incredibly useful. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see the feedback from target readers before you go through the very arduous process of yeah. editing a book. Or, you know, putting it on the, on the market. So we're very excited about that capability that's pretty unique. I think that's especially important for, for y'all you because you're putting the, the book out there as really the um, flagship for all the products and the, the spinoffs that are coming behind it. So it's even more important to get it right. That's exactly right. Yeah. If we're going to successfully sell an e-course or other, you know, versions or experiences of that content, we want to make sure it's the right content. So last, last question before we, we wrap up, tell me about some of the, the books that y'all have uh, coming out. So we've got, um, so Matthew uh, Pollard's book uh, just came out um, a few months ago, and uh, that's how we got to meet all of mm-hmm. you, uh, you mm-hmm. lovely people. Donald Miller's uh, Story Brand. Building the Story Brand. Yeah, yeah Building the Story Brand has uh, already been a phenomenal yeah. success. That was our first book on the, on our new imprint. It was number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. Congratulations. Pretty good. Unfortunately, not every book is the number one bestseller, but it's nice to start out. <laughs> yeah, start out with a name. But yeah, now the <laughs> expectations are very There up, you so go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think you will have a new, no, y'all had uh, with uh, John Maxwell, he just put out the, uh, was it like, the, like a, like a kind of a remastered, yeah, I mean, John Maxwell has a few classics out there that of course. have sold millions. Uh, one of them was Developing the Leader Within You. Mm-hmm. He put out a revised version last January, and he literally wrote it like he kept track of this. He rewrote 89% of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really almost a new book. But that's done incredibly well. That's out in the market now. He has a new frontless title coming out in March called Shift. Yeah, it's basically eleven shifts that leaders must make in this new world that we live in because of the pace of change Mm -hmm. in our world. That's going to be a a really phenomenal Mm -hmm. book. And then, sort of our other sort of you know monster author that is on our imprint now is Rachel Hollis. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a current number one bestseller on the Thomas Nelson side. She's sort of flipping over to do a more business and workplace-oriented book called "Girls Stop Apologizing," and it's about how women. Have a tendency to talk themselves out of their ambitions. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal, and that comes out in March um, on our imprint. so oh, very yeah, cool! That'll be incredible. Awesome. Yeah, we have some, a lot of other uh, titles this fall that Tim has uh, been working on. Um, if you want to mention those, yeah, we have one of our kind of big titles coming out is a book that we've collaborated with Franklin Covey on, and it's called "Fierce Loyalty," and it's about how companies and pretty much any Customer-facing person, whether internal or external, really can be more empathetic with their customers uh, in generating a real kind of a, a real alliance with their customer, where the customer really is kind of a you know a, a passionate you know follower of your brand kind of thing, where it's it's more than just a convenience purchase or something for them, where yeah. they really will not only will they steadily go to, to you over the competition, but they will tell their friends and them, you know, like how do you get that kind of level of, and it's really, it's, it's kind of very practical oriented where they've got these, each chapter ends with like a huddle where you can, if you're, if you're a manager or something, you can kind of take a group together and, and talk about the concept of the, you know, kind of really reinforce that with your team and stuff like that. So we're excited about that one. There's another book we've got coming out uh, in the next two months, it's coming out in two months is, and that's called Speak with Impact. Which is uh, by Allison Shapiro, who's got a very successful training business, people uh, in public speaking area. So, okay. I think that, and she was, uh, she rose very highly in the Toastmasters organization. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she, so she's had a lot of, she's got a lot of great, great tips and advice and people that struggle with public speaking and things like that. So, yeah, which is just, yeah, which is, a, yeah, like everybody. <laughs> so that, that, the, the data supports the, the idea that at a funeral, most of us would rather be. In the cast, I know of that given the new That's right. sign called Joey. Yeah, that was a sign <laughs> called his best. <laughs> yeah. In the cast. Number one fear was public speaking. Number two fear was Jim's. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you all so much for, uh, for the, the time. And I can't wait to see what else uh, Harper Collins leadership uh, does. It's a privilege to kind of have a front row seat to watch in this this new little startup well thank Thank you yeah thanks for contributing to a great catalog with uh, the project with Matthew Pollard it's it's a fantastic book my pleasure